Welcome back to I Am Youth Radio, guys. You're here with Kalita, and I'm here with two special guests. We are here at the Youth Advocacy Festival at the University of Pretoria, and I'm joined with Tuto and Tepo. So maybe you can just give yourself a little introduction. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Tuto Mashila. I'm a UP student. I'm doing my Master's in Development Studies, and I'm one of the facilitators for the Dialogue District in the Youth Advocacy Festival. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And you? Sure. Uh, this is Tepo, born, bred, and buttered from Soweto. Uh, I'm a youth development uh, practitioner and one of the facilitators in the Youth Dialogue District. That's awesome. So I hear you guys are speaking to some young people. What are you talking about? What are you having conversations about um, with these high schoolers, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. So our topic is civic participation. And uh, voter rights. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a really important topic because I we literally had a podcast um, earlier this year about how, you know, we kind of just don't talk about civil participation mm. until you're 18. But I feel mm. like that's too late mm. because now you're voting and you don't know what you're doing because mm. people have been telling you to keep quiet and don't worry about these things. So maybe um, can you explain to us why it's so important for us to make sure that our young people are informed? Okay, okay so Tapa, actually when we started the session, um, we were just talking about how we're going to do the whole thing. Then he made such a awesome I think an interesting way to sort of guide the conversation and contextualize it to the students that are in high school so they have what they call RCLs those are your prefects your class reps and whatever the case may be so we took it down today to sort of make them aware that they are also taking part that is also some form of civic participation that they're doing in high school so we sort of contextualized it made it more relatable to say okay guys it doesn't just start at 18 you actually, you are actually doing it in your high schools. Your guys are taking part in that p- process. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah and um, I think the also nice thing is, um, true to where she is, she has experience of that process of having to to become a leader in a particular setting. She's a former president here at uh, UP. 2021, right? 2022, last year. 2022, yeah. Got some royalty on this podcast. (laughs) You know? So in our conversation, we were like, how do we make make it become that connection? Mm -hmm. And our goal was, we don't want it to be Mm far-fetched from these young people. Mm -hmm. You go to school. What what happens before you choose the president? Mm. What must that person do in order for them to become a president? Mm. And from that, you get to see conversation escalating to local government, provincial government, national government. Mm. Some of them now understand why there's no service delivery. Mm. Because they've realized that actually from a school level, we've been failing to deliver a particular service. Mm. And probably this could be the reasons why at national level these things are not happening. That's a really good point. I think if we see it from that place, you know, I think we as South Africans kind of have an issue. We like to complain about things that we Mm. do ourselves (laughs) just because it's on a governmental level, not to Mm. excuse the, the, the not having service delivery, but you know, we'll, we'll do the same things and then like bag them for that. Um, 
which brings me to this next point. I think social media has played a very big role in um, getting awareness of issues, mm. getting younger people involved in what's happening in the country mm. and making awareness of that. Um, do you think that social media has played a part in bringing people out of just talking about it into actually doing something about it? Mm. Okay, in my honest, honest opinion, and I'm going to bring it down to sort of like my space where I am as a student leader. What I will say is that I appreciate the role that social media plays and has played because it's making more people aware. Mm. It's um, basically a wider audience regarding social justice issues and whatever the case may be. So in context of, let me put it in our university space, right? So you can tweet and say, oh, the SRC is not doing this, or this is what's wrong with the university, or mm. one, two, three, four, five. But that's where it ends. Mm. You know, you don't come out into the streets when there are people protesting. You don't come out when people are voting. You don't, mm. you're not there physically, mm. but you're there online. So I think the problem with us, the younger generation, we're very much loud online, mm. but when we must take part in community meetings, when we must take part in voting and all of those things, we're not there. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, the, the media space, one way or another, uh, more particularly social media, does play a very influential role. I think what we may need to do is probably redefine that concept of influence. Mm. Um, you know, the, the number of youth-led organizations that are using um, social media as a tool to educate. Mm. But I think the reality is, especially in the South African African context, is that um, theory and practice are two different things. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, we, we, we get to see social media as a good tool to educate, mm. but not necessarily a driver to encourage young people to start voting. Mm. Because remember, that alone, as a civic organization, I am not the one campaigning, nor am I the one making the promises. Mm. So we, we may, um, I am youth can, can have a very beautiful campaign on, voter education and use every platform that they have mm. but at the end of the day i'm not voting for imu mm. yeah yeah so that's so social media from education perspective perfect mm. unfortunately the people who are running that process are youth-led organizations that are not uh, gunning for political spaces yeah um but you know also said we we can tweet tweet but mm. When having to get our hands dirty, mm. uh, we are worried about data mm. prices. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And yeah. I would also want to like maybe um, ask your opinion on this since you've been in the space for a lot longer. Is maybe do you think that cultural cultural practices is also what's keeping youth from being in the forefront and actually speaking? Mm. Because you know we have that culture hey, as black people. You know Ooh. it's. When you're young, don't talk about it. Mm. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Mm. And I think that can be very demoralizing yeah. to to young mm. people. How do you think we can break that um that culture? Not in the way that, you know, we're not we're not regarding culture. Mm. I think it is important for young people to be respectful to mm. their elders. Sure. But at the same time, we need to to get to the point where we allow our young people to speak. Mm. Um yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, what you're saying is true. And I think also, because I am also in the political space, a lot of young people decide to take the back seat because you're like, oh, those ones are older, they're more experienced. So let's just let them, you know? Mm. And you don't wanna, you don't even want to challenge the person in a conversation, an older person, because mm. this person is older and needs to show respect. But I think it goes back to like knowing your rights. You have the right to question things. Yeah. So why not question them? Mm. You have the right to hold that president accountable. Why not say, president, why not doing one, two, three, four, five? Mm. So I think it just, just us being more aware of our rights and realizing that at the end of the day, whatever decisions are being made there, they're going to, they're affecting me now. They're going to affect me in the future. They're going mm. to affect my children. So just knowing our worth, if I can put it that way yeah. and realizing that it's your right. So you must use it. You must speak up and you must, you must not be afraid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Last year, the, there was a conference that we all know about, um, and I remember an interview, it was done with the Premier of Gauteng, and they were asking about youth participation and whether we're going to see young people emerging mm. in the current leadership of that party. And uh, he made it very clear that we don't necessarily need young people right now. Mm. And let's just allow you know, the current generation to do what is expected. Mm. And I think that's the most discouraging thing for us young people, that even though we, 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 we're trying to navigate these cultural experiences, mm. the older generation has turned them into a tradition mm. that this is the blueprint, this is how things are going to be done, and mm. that's it. Mm. And then, you know, as young people, we're like, okay, whatever. Mm. You know, we're like, whatever. Um, and we we are tired of being told that you are the future of potential. Mm. But a particular culture has created a system that excludes us mm. in that future. And yeah. that excludes us in applying that potential. Look at... Um, a lot of organizations that uh, are pro-youth development. These are, are young people who are being innovative and in mm. how we can address certain social issues. Mm. Young people are at the forefront of saying, we need to go to school, we need to go to work, mm. we need funding for certain projects. Mm. Unfortunately, it is not that the young people who are making decisions mm. to facilitate those processes. Mm. And that's the problem about culture, is that you know, by definition, culture is how we do things. Mm. And it is expected for culture to change and evolve. It mm. is expected. But it becomes a problem when we think tradition is culture. Mm. Tradition is, we have agreed that this is how things are going to happen. Mm. And therefore. Yeah. So, so with where we are as young people, um, we, we are fighting a lot of battles. Mm. But we we know that we are fighting with ourselves. Mm. We are just it's just us, and all we can do is hope. Really, mm. that's yeah. really interesting because I think from a lot of people's perspective, maybe from the older generation's perspective, is ah. Uh, the youth don't really care about yeah. what's happening yeah. in our, you know, in, in government that's happening in politics, that's mm. happening in our nation. Um, so maybe from just your anecdotal experience today, um, how have you seen these young people who I believe, I think the youngest person they say is like grade nine. Mm. How have they engaged with the conversations that you've had? Mm. Um, and maybe just give us that, that 
that experience that you've had today? Are these people actually engaging mm. or are they being unserious about what's happening in their world mm. like the older generation claims? Okay, I think they're engaging because they know a lot actually. Some even know, you'd expect um, people in high school to not know what a ward councillor is. Some of them knew. Mm. Some of them knew about political parties. Others were saying, no, we must get the older generation. We must sort of reconscientize them. So they know quite a lot. I think it's just that we need to create spaces that are enabling. We need to create Mm. an environment that is enabling where young people can sit and engage and no one is afraid. Mm. So... I really think that they had they had diff, uh, interesting opinions and interesting views. I would not necessarily say that they're not interested. It's just that they've lost hope. Man, you mm. can see the way some of them were speaking. Like, and they're so young. You're thinking, how can you be so hope- hopeless at such a young yeah. age? But I think it's just because of like what's happening in the country that's sort of also demoralizing them. The most um, the thing that a lot of them were mentioning is youth unemployment. Mm. So you can see how. They're very much in the know about what's happening. That people uh, have graduated, people have went to school, people have the qualifications. Yes, there are some that may not have it, but our biggest issue is that people are hungry, Mm. people are unemployed. So I think they're very much aware of what's happening. But I think such dialogues are also important so that, you know, everyone is sort of on the same path and that everyone sort of gets to have a say in these issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. um, Young people are, are informed. Mm. I think, uh, you know, as we started uh, you know, as facilitators, one of the things we had to be intentional about was the language, the wording mm. of certain... So, so um, I think we were asking a question about did any of you see or experience that voting process with the current president about, you know, the Palapala matter? Mm. And they were saying... Yes, we did, even though we didn't know what necessarily was happening there, mm. but mm. we saw it. Mm. So if maybe a tap or somewhere sat down and for a lack of a better word, dissected that process to their context, mm. then we'd understand that young people are interested in what's mm. happening mm. in this, you know, in, in their communities. Yeah, from us as, as high school learners, they, they, they look at what's happening in the school mm. and they are really interested. Mm. I think one of the challenges that we have, um, especially within the RCL classroom space in high schools, mm. is that there isn't much education done in that space. Mm. Um, like, you know, when you ask young people that, do you know that when an SDP has a meeting, as a class rep or as part of the RCL committee, mm. one of you has to be part of that meeting. Mm. We don't know. Mm. So in that sense, it then also teaches them the importance of what civic participation is. Mm. Yeah. So civic participation in a classroom level is how do I educate my classmates the importance of having a president? Mm. And what is the role and his or her role in a higher city? Mm. Why do we have a class rep besides mm. writing noisemakers' mm. names? <laughs> is there something big yeah. that they can do? Yeah, these young people know know they know what needs to be done. Maybe the challenge, you know, would be the wording, mm. the, the the terms that we use. Mm. Um, the examples that we use, mm. maybe 
we are maybe young people are tired of using a Nelson Mandela as an example of yeah. political freedom because their definition of freedom is different you mm. know um you know one one young person says ah, that political leader all he does is talk mm. you know he talks mm. but he'll never do anything mm. yeah you are a grade 9 learner mm. how did you make that conclusion yeah. mm. what's a point of reference so so it's it's quite interesting it's just that we we then need to be intentional with our language Mm, yeah. uh, in what we may call voter education in mm. all all spaces. Oh my gosh, guys, this was such a fruitful conversation. I hate to cut it short, but there's literally we're outside and it's raining. Yeah. Um <laughs> but thank you so much for your time and just uh, maybe just give us a quick if there's a place where people can connect and have like a a place where they can stay informed as a young person if you have any handles can you please share that with us okay so i think for my voice it's my voice on instagram i'm my not voice. sure about twitter yeah also also on twitter my voice and also facebook yeah yeah fantastic All thank right. you so much thank for your time you. yeah. and we are out peace out everyone it's raining Shop.